0: Let's just see. I am rapidly, rapidly lose uh,
1: whatever love I have of uh, Twitter space because it is becoming an absolute nightmare to start. Um, But I can see that Richard's in the room. So I'm hoping this will start to better things. Can I just point out, right? You know, next week, (laughs) I'm going to move the time, I think, or I'm going to keep it at seven, but I'm probably going to set the room up at about quarter two. By the time we sorted, yeah, we should be in there. Yeah. Right. Welcome, everyone, to a depressing edition of Amber and Blue. Um, I'm going to bring the positive vibes. Richard's probably not. Um, So, welcome, Richard. How are you?
2: I'm fine. How are you?
1: Oh, fine and dandy. Now I was a little bit hungover Tuesday, but I'm all right now. Um, Lucas, are you there? Can you talk?
3: I can talk. I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, yeah,
1: me. I can hear you, mate. Obviously, I think it's the reception you're in because you're still at Field Mill waiting to speak to Nigel. Is that right? I know. Can you confirm? Yeah,
3: yeah. They're, they're still trying to get me out of this tent, but I'm
1: having none of it. Yeah, they, uh, yeah I did hear that they're uh, taking it down around you. But we, we'll talk about that soon. So, So tonight, everyone, Lucas is coming to you live. From Field Mill, where the marquee was, and we'll explain why later. So, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, appreciate everyone taking the time to listen and um, bear with us while we have some technical hiccups that we have every week. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone. So, let's start, I suppose. Uh, so, that day, Will woke up. Um, most of the people in here last week was fairly negative about the game. I think it was it only me and you, Richard, that went for the win?
2: I think I think yeah, I think we both said two one, didn't we? Yeah. Uh it worked out well for us, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think I think what we might do next season, because we obviously we only started this in January, but for the people that want to join, I might have a prediction table and then the winner at the end of the season with the most right gets a crate of beer of their choice. What do you reckon?
2: Well, I'm not winning, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna worry about what the prize is.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, but that sounds a good idea. So I think I think next season we start uh amber and blue prediction on a game and it, whoever wins it, they can choose at the end of the season to a crate of beer of their choice. That sounds fairly fair. Um I mean, me and Richard won't be winning it. Um Lucas might be though, if if we have a shit season and with his dark cloudness. Um so yeah. So let's move on then. How uh what was your view of the game on Saturday, Richard?
2: Well I think it was uh it was two completely different halves of football really. I think um, as soon as soon as I have seen the line up, I said to you beforehand that I was convinced he might go to five at the back and play Aikens as as a wing back with us not having a recognised left back. And as soon as we got to the ground and they were warming up in a back four and Perch was lining up at left back, I knew we were going to be in trouble. I mean, I know we're short on the ground in personnel, especially defenders, and it's certainly we've been short at left back all season. But, I mean, I think I said last week, Perch moved to left back against Leighton Orient and he got rinsed constantly. So I knew we were going to be in trouble. But, like I say, made the four, change, made the four changes at half-time and completely you know completely different second half whether we could have possibly have started with that team and took them off later in the game or whether you know that was always his plan whether his plan was to try and sit in in the first half and then go for it in the second half I mean I think mean, Kilgore's unfortunate, unfortunate with the uh, with the on goal taking a deflection but you know <clears throat> Harrogate's just fast well they are one of them teams that we just we don't want to be playing when we know we need to get a result, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. And they—they um, they, they made the most. I mean, they only had two shots on target. I mean, they, they had a total of nine shots, but only two on target. That. Um...
2: He's gone. He's disappeared. He's off to kick Edward off his Xbox. <laughs> All right, go on, Lucas. You can carry us on. What What was your view of the game on uh, on Saturday?
3: I just I, I i'm I'm still trying to process how we can have 41 shots and only have five on target. I just I can't get that in my head. How we've done that, you know the the own goal was very unlucky, but we've got to be taking chances. I mean, 41 shots just ridiculous. I think the last you few know, weeks
2: it, and. What have you, home and away? We always seem to leave games, and you know, you look at the stats, and it, it it'll read that we've had like twenty, thirty plus shots, and you know, but yeah. we ne- we never seem to have one of them games where we put the. I know we had a, uh, scored a few against Swindon, but for the amount of shots that we're having, the amount that we're actually getting on target, I mean, I don't know what the actual classes are shot nowadays because. I'm still not convinced we had as many shots as the stats say we did at the weekend, um, but I'll bring, I'll try and bring Tune in as he's got his hand up. In fact, you'll have to unmute yourself. I am back.
4: Hello.
2: Hello. Oh, God, it's none. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, I just want to say, you know why we're lost, don't you?
4: Why? Because you brought your mum.
1: Yeah, yeah,
4: do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know,
1: you know what? Yeah, so, so for everyone listening on um, wherever you're listening, whether you're listening <coughs> to this actual breakdown live or whether you're listening to it back on Spotify, my mother is a Jonah, literally everywhere she goes, she just brings bad luck. I openly said to her, I do not want you at that game on Saturday. I would rather you just do anything but come. And I know it's harsh because it's my mum, and I do love her, but she brings bad luck everywhere she goes. She turned up on Saturday, and we lost. And then she had the nerve to ring me on Sunday and go, I really enjoyed that game, Russell. I might come to some more next season. To which I politely told her, that's not happening. But, Russ,
4: we did tell you, didn't we, mate, leave her at home with a box of roses.
1: Mate, honestly, she's not coming anymore. She's banned. But she really enjoyed it. (laughs) I'm glad she I think my mum is clueless about football as well, so I'm presuming (laughs) that she probably enjoyed the Harrogate scoring goals, thinking that it was us, because I wouldn't put it past her.
2: I was
4: just going to say, if she enjoyed that shambles of whatever, I don't know what... (laughs)
1: I know, I know. Oh, honestly, it was a—it was just a bad day at the office, wasn't it? Um, have you, have <laughs> you done Dark Cloud's review of the game yet, Richard?
2: Yeah, we've uh, done, we've done Lucas. Now? We need to move on to Adrian now. Adrian, what's your <laughs> thoughts on the game?
0: I think it echoes what everybody else has said. Um, first half, woeful. They had two shots on target. They scored them. They put their chances away, and it simply just echoes what Harrogate do against us they, they beat us we've, we've not beaten them in, in the EFL so it's continued their run uh, they've continued their run but the second half was a bit more of an attacking display from us but I think it was a bit little bit too little too late and, and yeah inevitably we lost the fixture so yeah I mean we're in a bit of a predicament now yeah definitely um... it's one of them
2: I think after, after Tuesday night because we're because we'd built Tuesday night up for so long because that was the game in hand that everyone kept referring to that we were going to pick up them three points and put us closer. I think once we lost that on Tuesday night and everyone was sort of down about it, when when you reflect on it, Tuesday night wasn't... Yeah, it was disappointing and everyone thought, you know, late night Orient were going to turn up and we're going to beat them because they'd finished and what have you. But losing to Leighton Orient isn't, you know... Unless, barring a miracle at the weekend Leighton Orient losing to that game isn't what's going to cost us promotion it's being unable to get a result off the likes of Harrogate um, Sutton we struggle at dropping points at home to um, Grimsby and, and Rochdale and, and teams that like I being 2 tuning up at Barrow and dropping points 2 tuning up at Hartlepool as well I think and drop points they're the sort of games that cost us as much as Tuesday was frustrating I think because it was a game in hand everyone just sort of looked past that and focused on it being the game in hand, when essentially, you know, the game in hand was against the league champions.
1: Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, it just, so it's it's going to go on to the 19 players debate. I know some people have said that at some points we've had 22, but if you look at Leighton Orient, they made six changes and looked incredibly fresh. Even with a goalkeeper that hadn't played since twenty twenty, we've not got that luxury, um, and I think that's what costs us games. I mean, I don't. What are your thoughts on it, Rich?
2: Um, I do think we've been unlucky with injuries, but at the same time, Northampton have also been unlucky with injuries, and they're higher high up the table than what we are. Um, <clears throat> I think. Obviously, there's. I know we'll we'll probably get onto it later about you know Nigel being out of contract and what does everyone think we should do? Blah blah blah. But I think the the fact that the average age of the squad is that one of the highest in the EFL naturally tells you that older players can't play Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday across the whole of the season. They're going to pick up injuries. They're going to be out. Obviously, you get freak injuries like. Maka, who every time he teams to kick a ball, gets injured. The likes of Hewitt at the weekend or a couple of weeks ago going down. you know, They are sort of like the freakish ones, but your, your older ones are going to pick up injuries. And I think he's got to do one of two things next year. He's got to sort of freshen it up if he's still here. He's got to freshen it up by bringing the average age down or he's got to allow himself that extra player or two in the squad because... You know, over the last few weeks if we'd have had another left back or if we'd have had another striker to bring on off the bench when Swanny's been injured or when Mack has gone off injured, then, you know, we might still be in with a fighting well, we are still in with a fighting chance, but you know what I mean, we might be in a bit of better position than we are at the minute. But I think it's certainly something that he's gonna to have to look at because I'm not sure the squad that he likes to carry is big enough for a league two season. And now he's disappeared again. He's gone again, has not he? What, what's your What's your thoughts on it, Lucas? Then, and we'll move along. I
3: I said it a few weeks back. He, he's got to change the squad. We need a bigger squad. <laughs> I, I I mean, for for the games as such as Sutton and Rochdale, where we've dropped points, we were like we we're only one 0 up against Rochdale, so. It's not a massive thing, but it's it's the 2 0s, the 2 0 up against Barrow, the 2 0 up against Harrogate. We were leading against um, Salford at one point, I think. And even if we don't get battered by Salford, even if we just lose 3 2, you know, it means this weekend there's not as much to do. It's, I don't know, there's just been too many mistakes this season. I think we're at, <laughs> we're are we are at that point of the season he, now. Who, uh...
2: like, Everyone's going to start looking back and saying, "Oh, if we'd have just held on to that point of that game, if we'd have managed to nick a winner at that game, and you know, it, it, it's all if buts and maybe's." But you know, it, injury, no matter, regardless of the size of the squads, at the minute we have suffered a lot with injuries. But you know, it is something that's going to have to be looked at and reviewed because. There's no to say that we're not going to have a bad run of injuries again next year and you know how many how many times do you keep going with a small squad. Yeah, I mean, you've we've got a massive thing to do
3: with we, we had a bit of a job to do for covering center backs, but now that we've lost Hewitt for pretty much all next season, there's a massive job to do in the summer of finding someone that's not not a backup. Has got to be as good, if not better, than him. Uh, so now, it, from from it being just a bit of a cover, just in case, it's now there's pressure on it, and we might have to sacrifice something else. Um, but if it if it just stopped being stubborn from the start, we probably wouldn't have been in the mess we are, like you say.
2: Yeah, I think in in regards to Elliot Hewitt, I mean, the the more you hear <clears throat> about it, it it looks like it, he's going to pretty much miss. All of next season, and yeah, I think we noticed it at the time against Leighton Orient when he went off injured, it disrupted the team. and I think you know, I mean, it I know we'll move on to award nights in a bit, awards night in a bit, but I think he's picked up most of the awards. and It's no coincidence that after he went off against Leighton Orient, you know, it, it affected us, and I think it probably had a big part to play on. Uh, Saturday as well. If he had been in at left back, with a bit more athleticism in there, I think you know. I think it is underrated how, how big of a player he has. He has been for us this season. So losing him for all of next season, pretty much, maybe the last couple of months. By the sounds of it, it, it's going to be a massive loss.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So he's been our, he's been our most consistent player until this season, and to lose someone like that to a big injury, then. it it then kind of blows your transfer window as well because I'm sure if Nigel's staying, then he would have sat down with David and his brother Simon and looked at potential people that they wanted to bring in and now they've got to try and bring somebody else in now to cover Elliot Hewitt. And that's a position that um, they probably never looked at before because Elliot's been so consistent. But here's the thing. Maybe it's a good thing that it's happened at this point in the season. Maka's injury... When did macca get injured? Was it three or four games in?
2: Well, I don't think he's... I'll have a quick look. I'm not sure. I don't think he's played many games a season, to be fair. So, it must have been fairly early on. I know he's, made, I know yeah. he's tried to come back a few times, but...
1: Yeah, so this is this is the point. So, Macca Mac got injured fairly early on and we didn't have no adequate cover for him. Um. And eventually we brought in Lewis Page. But we know we know that Macca's going to be out half a season, um, at least. I mean, he's coming back in September, they reckon. Then you've got all the light training, intensive training. Realistically, to get the best out of Macca, what are we looking at? Christmas?
2: You probably, Yeah, well, if he's it's, if it's scheduled September, you're looking at probably back end of October, November, I'd say, before he's... You know, I don't know if that's September's yeah. date for him to start training or whether it's for him in back playing, but he's certainly going to miss pre season, so he's gonna have all that to catch up on.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. So now we've got to go and get cover for Macca, but now we've got to get cover for Hewitt. So at least at least the Hewitt injury hasn't happened at the start of the season when we didn't know about it and expect it. So now we can go out and get adequate cover. So I think it's a bit of a bonus. Not Elliot being injured, but the fact at the time of it, so that we've we can go out, we can scout people, and we can look at players that we possibly want to looked at. I mean, ideally, you want to bring somebody in as good as Elliot Hewitt, but realistically, you're not because there isn't them type of players around. Um, so you're going to have to bring somebody probably not as good, but maybe younger that can learn off Elliot. I don't know. What are your uh, thoughts? Well,
2: to be fair, I mean, when we when we signed Elliot Hewitt. I don't think there was many people who turned around and said oh he's going to be a great signing so you know I wouldn't be surprised if obviously no, nothing's been announced no one knows exactly what's happening but my my gut is that Nigel will still be here next season so like you said they're probably already planning they've probably already got lists drawn up I wouldn't be surprised if again he's looking at um you know the, the two relegated sides if there's anything he can if there's anyone from there that he can pick up that maybe is, is going to be another another Elliot Hewitt type signing who will come in under the radar but turns out to be like well player of the season for most of the awards like it was that he picked up
1: yeah definitely I mean what, what's your thoughts on it Lucas Adrian what's your thoughts
0: well I mean if we're talking about right backs we've got a certain Callum Johnson that it will step up lightly, and I think if we're talking about a signing that we're going to be making in the summer, I think there's, there's the highest possibilities it'll probably be a loan signing at right back, just because we've signed Callum Johnson in January. So I, so I don't think Nigel will be going in thinking uh, ahead, of, ahead of a summer transfer when they're thinking he needs to sign a permanent signing. I think he'll go in for a loan deal for Maybe, maybe like we mentioned, a, a younger, a younger, a younger right back that can come in for the season and then learn off the likes of Callum Johnson and Elliot Hewitt whilst Elliot recovers. So I think it will likely be a loan signing. I don't think, I don't think there's a massive possibility and a massive need that we need a permanent signing. Of course, Callum Johnson has also had his injury problems throughout this second half of the season. So I'd, I don't know. I really don't know. But I think a loan signing is, is probably more likely to happen uh, for a young, maybe, maybe a young right back from a Premier League. Like, we have our Forest connection, so we maybe get a right back from them or or a, or a Midlands club, Leicester maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, a loan signing for me, I think that will happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, that that seems fairly realistic. Lucas, what are your thoughts?
3: Um. I don't really know, to be honest. I don't know what to think anymore. For all we know, we could sign a striker and play him there. So, I just, I think we've got to, I don't know. I just, no,
1: I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I th- I, and I think that's the thing. I think realistically, if, if we look at it, I mean... We, we can only guess at the moment. We don't know what the retain list is going to be, who we're going to keep, who we're going to list for transfer. But like, I think realistically, Jay, James Perch, it might be his last season, it might not be. So you've got to replace him. You've then got to replace Harbottle if Forrest want him to make the step up to a League One team. So, so there's two, so to speak, vacancies straight away. I think, John Joe will probably go in the summer as well, um, so again, that's that's another vacancy. So as much as you don't want to disrupt the squad, you're going to have to bring quite a few people in to cover what's going. Stephen Quinn, if he decides to call it a day, um, but yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. We we need to strengthen in some areas, and you know, I'm I'm a big Nigel fan. I think he's done well for the club, but. He needs to not be as stubborn this year and say, I need more players. Um last season, yeah, okay, we we had a few injuries, but it was at key times when we had suspensions and injuries, we dropped near the bottom of the table. I'd have liked to hope we'd have been better prepared for them this season. It doesn't appear we have been. Um, we didn't address our problems in the summer. We left it until January to address what we needed. So, what what are you what are you hoping for this this summer, Richard, from the club?
2: What, in terms of managers or players?
1: <laughs> well, well, both really. We we start with so so we we'll ask the question now. So summer comes, um, do do you want Nigel in charge of this club for next season, playoffs or no playoffs?
2: I think for me at the minute, it's it's one of them where if you went... I would say you could, you know, fair enough. And if he stayed, again, you'd be like, fair enough. I don't think I'd be overly, I don't think I'd have a massive reaction either way to whatever happened. But like I said, I think if if he is staying, I'm presuming it's a Nigel thing where he wants a small squad and not something where the club's saying, right, we've only got this amount of money because, off the top of my head, I think we would even this season. We've still got we've only got th- three players on loan. I think so. We've still got two loan options. Obviously, I'm not saying bring some money now, but in terms of making the squad that bit thicker, we've, we we could have still brought another couple in on loan, like in in January, just to thicken the squad out. I mean, when you play the first half of the season and you pick up injury after injury, you sort of get the gist that it's going to be one of them seasons. So a, a bit extra cover. Would not have hurt them, um, but like I said, I, I don't think I don't think it would be a massive surprise if he left, and I don't think it would be a massive surprise if he stayed either. I think I think by the sounds of it, I think the club want him to stay. It's whether Nigel wants to stay and, and do it, and I'm guessing we're not going to hear anything until probably a week or two after Monday's game.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think so. Uh, Lucas, how do you feel about it going into the summer?
3: He's got to stay for me. I, I'm not really bothered if you like his football or not. Um, you've The thing you've got to understand is he's had to come in and he's had to change the squad to what he prefers. And obviously, to get to Wembley last season was good enough and yes he's had this season and things but the foundations are there to build on now if he goes and we bring I don't know say we bring in Daryl Clark if he wants to come apparently he doesn't Um, he might not, not, not like the squad so then you've got a full season of him trying to build up his squad if he then underachieves in his next season people are going to be like oh well he's not doing very well let's get rid of him and then slowly it becomes a vicious circle where we're only giving them a couple of chances. We've we've got to trust it. And I know it's not the greatest at times, but I think that everyone's kind of just got to suck it up and hope for the best, you know? If it doesn't work next season and I don't know, if we lose in the playoffs again next season, maybe give him one more season, if nothing happens then, then I think you start looking at what's what, but I, I really don't think he should go.
1: What about you, Adrian? What are your thoughts on it?
0: I think Nigel has created a a, a very good project here at the club. Uh, I think thinking thinking back when when he obviously he took over, we were near the bottom of the table and he's he's slowly climbed the way up the league. I know this season could end disappointingly, and we do, we know, we don't make the playoffs, but I think obviously last season we made the playoffs, we got to Wembley um and to factor in obviously the wembley final was 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 very late, and the players only had a, a couple of weeks off where usually they'd have they'd have a month or so off uh before they'd come back for preseason training so they they came back early essentially, which could be could be a factor of why where well, I've picked up so many injuries, but I think for for myself, I think Nigel stays, uh, and I think that we give him one or two more seasons, uh, depending on how we get on next season. Uh, I think if we if we're pushing at the, at the top end of the table again, I think I think he'll continue for for one or two. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see until what happens a week or two after after the end of a end of a season. But for me, uh, I think Nigel stays. I think I think the yeah. telling sign
2: could be if if he does sign. Obviously, he's, he's technically out of contract in the summer. I think the telling sign on what sort of the club's ambitions and long term thinking is is how long he gets on his contract. Because if he gets a a one year deal, then they could essentially be saying, you know, last chance to get us up. If the if he gets like a, a two or three year deal, then that's the club essentially saying right, he's here he's, he's building for the next few years, and this is the man that we think is going to take us forward. You know that, that's something that the club's got to think about because obviously, if we get off to a bad start next year, next season, at the minute they can let him go for nothing and have a fresh start, or if they sign him up for another contract and we have a bad start and the bad injuries, bad luck injuries continue, and they feel like they need to make a change, then they're going to have to pay out and like pay him out of his contract.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing. isn't it, we you know, we need to be we need to be sensible with it. Um, and I'm I'm unsure. I think Nigel is a fantastic manager, but I also think he's very stubborn at times, and I think his stubbornness costs us. Um, but I'll I'll move on to that shortly. Lucas, you've got your hand up, mate.
3: Yeah, I just want to say. Uh... I've got a couple of things to say. Um, So, obviously, talking about the time off we had, I was talking to Maris on Monday, and they had one week off. That was all they had. So, they literally, well, one week's nothing, is it? And then carried on for this season. So, they've literally had no break at all. Obviously, there was the World Cup, but, you know, it's it's a bit different. Um, Oh, God, I forgot what I was going to say. There was something else. I
1: can't remember. What was we just talking about? Uh, Nigel and the squad and his stubbornness. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, we're back in the room. Come on, then.
3: The the thing that we have to realise is even if we start off poorly next season, you don't lose a season in the first 10 games. I mean, look at Gillingham. They were rock bottom at, I don't know, when were they rock bottom? It was near Christmas time. And yeah, they had new owners and things come in, but they're nearly mid-table. And you've just got to take us, for example, last season. Look at the run we went on. If we start off poor, it's still not the end of the world. You know, there's the other half of the season to turn it round. And it's, I don't know, I just don't think we need to be reckless with it. I think we've just got to give it time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Welcome to the room, Jay. What are your thoughts on uh, Nigel for next season?
4: Yeah. Uh, cheers, Russ, Hello, everyone. Uh, my thoughts. I think I I would like him to stay, but I can see why. I think the reason why other people don't want him to stay. I think it's because the frustration. We were very close to getting playoffs, but we just well we can still get playoffs, but it's just it's coming down to frustration. I think I like Nigel to say he's a quality manager, and. Give him one one more or two more seasons to try and get him up, then maybe look at starting to get a new manager. You look at you look at like the other like eight seasons that we've been in League Two, we've had we had the good run under Flickcroft, but apart from that we didn't really have anything, no good form in League Two. And I think these past two years have been probably our best best two seasons. Yeah. I mean,
1: so I think with the whole Nigel thing is that, yeah, I want him to stay. Okay, and I'll be honest, the football hasn't been as good as it was last season. Last season, we played some scintillating football where you left games and thought, wow, we played fantastic or we did this, we did that. There were lots of games that we could all point to as a cracking game for Mansfield. This season, we're probably, what, on one hand for our best games? Um, I do feel last season, probably, when Nigel came in and the predicament we was in, when he originally took over, he kept us up. Second season, obviously, we were near the bottom. Um, And I'm sure, you know, a lot of other managers would have got the sack. But John and the board stood by Nigel and they deserve credit for that. Got us into a playoff final. I don't know whether the last season was a free hit. Do you know what I mean? So, being that you know near the bottom, that low near the bottom to a playoff final at Wembley. And I'll ask this to all four of you: Do you think last season was basically a free
2: hit? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Not sure if it was a free hit. Um... I mean compared to last season it looks like you know if we do miss out we're gonna finish on I think we we will finish on less points than last year albeit just by a couple and possibly a, a, a lesser a place below in the league as well um I don't know if it was a free hit because I don't think managers get told they've got a free hit I think there's always pressure and I think you know i I, I don't know I don't know, I, you know, no one knows until the club speaks, but I, I don't know how long we give him. I don't know how many free hits or whatever do you give someone before you say you've had enough goals? we need to try it with someone else.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, you, you've got a valid point there, mate. You know, at what point do you say, um, right, that's enough? But, like, realistically speaking, it, it's, it's been a slug for us this season. Um, there has been a lot of injuries I mean we were talking about injuries the other night and I, th- I believe only two or three of them injuries has come from actual training ground injuries um, will Swan was obviously one of them and I can't remember who the other one was the injuries are happening on the pitch now it's the fact that whether we are whether we are desperate to get people back and they are coming back too soon I, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts, Richard, for the cause of the injuries?
2: Well, so I, don't, I mean, even in regards to injuries, I mean, I, I mean, on Saturday everyone looked fatigued and when, when you listen back to his interviews after every game over the past few weeks, I don't think we, we've done much training in between games in case we picked up any more injuries. So, that's probably starting to take its toll as well. If we're not training at a, at a normal pace or a normal you know, style, then if he's giving them extra days off or only training for an hour or, or something, then, you know, fitness is gonna probably play in it playing its part as well. But like I say, you do pick up freak injuries. You know, no one no one can plan for um the likes of Elliot Hewitt getting his injury and what have you. But then there is certain game certain ones that you can sort of account for, the likes of George Maris, when they put him on the bench and he couldn't even complete the warm up, surely they must know that he's not fit enough to do the warm up. How many times have they tried to get Maka back early and it's put him out longer? The, you know, whether they're rushing them back or whether the physios are saying he's clear to play and he's not, we, you know, you don't know. You don't know what's happening on that side of it. But you know, you can't say that we've been unlucky with all of them. I think some of them could have probably been prevented in terms of rushing them back too early but you're always going to have injuries that, you know, you can't account for.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I will tell you something, going back to the Maca thing. So, obviously, I was a little bit bored earlier on and thought I'd, like, flick through previous Stags things about injuries. has had three injuries this season, and all of them have been different. So, they're not even... He's not even aggravated the same injuries. He's had three separate different areas of injury, which is probably incredibly bad luck but you're right if you're not 100% anyway when you're back on the pitch you're probably more susceptible to the odd injury Was he not and out, was he the, not out the, with
2: what, an ankle injury when we then put him on at Northampton and someone went straight through his ankle then?
1: Yeah but apparently it was the other side of the ankle that was injured so the I, I believe it I'm, I know nothing about limbs and all the rest of it but apparently the first injury was the inside of the ankle the second one was the outer side of it. And obviously the third one, I believe it's the knee. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Um, so, yeah, H, welcome to the room, mate. Um, I'll ask your thoughts on it on opening. Uh, thoughts on uh, Nigel for next season, mate?
5: Uh, well, if you looked at the the group chat, I think you'd know. Uh, but, yeah, uh, for me, it's a uh, no. Not in a... Say disrespectful manner, you know. I think he's he's sold the shit quite well, he's got us at least competing compared to the two seasons before that. But even with the injuries, our squad should be good enough to get top seven. It's just you know, but.
1: So okay, so John Radford gets rid of Nigel in the summer. Who would obviously a lot of people will say Daryl Clark, but apart from Daryl, who will who would you like to come in and take over the reins at Mansfield?
5: Yeah, uh, if you give me five minutes to have a look, uh, I'll answer your question.
1: See, because a lot of people have said. Daryl Clark, and Darrell is a fantastic manager, and he has got, as a manager, decent credentials, but realistically, are we talking about Darrell Clark because he's a good manager, or are we talking about him because he's from Mansfield? because they're, they're two different things? I mean, Richard, what are your thoughts on if the club went
2: that direction? If the club, obviously, if the club on a channel and I'll just point obviously there's a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that, and I've seen some absolutely ridiculous things where you know if you have an opinion, you you're, you're labelled an idiot for wanting him out or an idiot for wanting him in and stuff like that. Football is all about opinions. Some people, everyone has difference of opinions. That's the whole idea of it. And you know there's there's plenty of people listening here who you know if they want to come on and voice their opinion and you know join the debate on Nigel and you know just request to speak or or whatever, but. I can guarantee you that after he got sacked at Salford, when Leighton Orient appointed Richie Wellens, half of their fans were probably moaning their tits off, saying what we appointed him for, he did nothing at Salford, and then he's gone and won the league with Leighton Orient. So, some managers work at places, some managers don't. So, whether the club will stick with Nigel Clough, who they know, is probably going to get you a top... Eight nine finish, and your chance in maybe is getting into the playoffs, or you know, on a, if a good run automatic, or do they gamble and bring someone else in? But you know, the the there will be managers out there. It's not our job to recruit them. We get paid to do other jobs, nine to five, Monday to Friday, and then go and watch this on a Saturday. You know, other people in that club. Even if Nigel's going to get another year's contract to number two, there should be man. You know, we should be looking at managers now planning for because Nigel's not going to stick around forever you, you get the feeling that he's got a year or two at Mansfield if he gets it and then that's it so you know we need to be looking who's going to be coming in after him and what, what sort of place you know what sort of way is the club going to go
1: Yeah and and you're completely right and if anyone out there has got an opinion on Nigel or Darrell or in fact anybody else out there then you're welcome to come on and discuss it Facebook this week has been absolutely like Richard said, it has been toxic. And there's a lot of people on there that are quick to fall out with each other and name call the same as Now, You know, end of day, no nobody's really wrong. You've just got everyone's got different opinions. H has got a different opinion to us all by you know, he wants Nigel gone at the end of the season. And that and that's fair enough. But it's looking at who's out there. So H have you had a quick look, mate?
5: Yeah, um, I've had a look at a couple. Uh, these aren't ones I'd be saying, oh yeah, get them in straight away, but the, uh, who's the boring Wood manager? He's, uh, I can't remember how old he is, he's, he's one of the youngest managers in the uh, top five leagues. He's got Boreham Wood from relegation candidates to to promotion. Yeah, I mean, that.
1: that's a good shout. Um Anybody else, mate?
5: <clears throat> Graham Alexander, the one who was at um... Salford. Yeah, 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 Salford, yeah.
1: Yeah, again, again, another strong candidate with some decent credentials. The thing is, and I'm sure, like, I'll bring Adrian, Lucas, and Jane on this. Um, what are your thoughts on people wanting Clark and Nigel out and stuff like that?
3: I I don't I personally think Daryl Clark won't work. Um the reason being is just I think people are just jumping onto it because of the player he was for us and him being around here. I just there's there's obviously a reason he's not been before now, so why why would he come now and particularly after last season. Um when Port Vale beat us just thought I'd rather remind everyone. But I just, I think there'd be a bit of tension there. You know, I, I just don't think it'd work.
1: What do you think, Jay?
4: I don't really think tension. It's more just, I think people are jumping on the bandwagon because he's from Mansfield. He used to play for Mansfield. People think they would just come and manage us. And I can see why he's... From Mansfield, but I don't think it would work out. I think we would go on a spell of just really, like two really bad seasons, like we did when we sacked uh, Flitcroft. I don't think it'll work out.
1: Yeah. Um, Adrian, you got anything to uh, add to that, mate?
0: Nah, these uh the same as, as Lucas and Jay have put it right there. I don't think. It'll work with Darryl Clark. I think too many people are jumping on the bandwagon with him being from Mansfield, playing for us. I just don't think it will work. There might be a little bit of tension, like Lucas pointed out, with with obviously Paul Bell beating us in the plough final last season um, and in management. But yeah, I just don't think it'll work out. Like uh, we, we spoke about managers working out elsewhere, like at clubs, but not working out somewhere else. This happened with Michael Flynn, for example. Worked out in Newport, didn't work out at Walsall. Um, Paul Tisdale as well worked out at, the, at likes of Exeter. But obviously, didn't work out in in other jobs in uh, in League Two. So there's there's got to there's got to be a man for us. But I think if we give it Nigel Clough for, for another season, and then obviously plan ahead. If Nigel gets one more season in charge of us, then we've got to really plan ahead. And find the right candidate where it will work out for him straight away and, and potentially it could be a one season thing where it works out for him perfectly and we go up straight away. But yeah, we'll we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah, I know, uh, I I think you're right. And you know, it's 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 guttering to lose and you know, to lose to Araga it's frustrating as well. Um but, you know, to be to say the amount of injuries we've had And I've openly said, I think we should have prepared better. We should have had more than 19. My biggest gripe with Nigel is the fact that we should have had more players. But I'm not a manager, I'm just a fan, so we can all criticise. But realistically, we're we're still in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, OK, we've got to, you know, kind of hope and pray on other teams, but you, you, we're still there. To say how we've all kind of said it's not been as good as last season and we've gone a bit backwards, there's still a glimmer of hope that we could end up there. And the thing is, I would like, regardless of what happens on Monday, yeah? So let's, we we're move, we' we're move on to Monday now. For me, as a fan, and I'm just speaking personally and I'll get you guys' opinion on this in a minute, for me, that game's on Monday, Right? Ideally, 10 o'clock Tuesday morning, I would like Mansfield to either put out a statement saying, Nigel Clough signs a one-year deal or Nigel Clough has left the club and then we can move on. Because the last thing you want is this dragging in all summer because fans will be on each other on Facebook. People will be falling out. People will be going left, right and centre, arguing with each other. The best thing the club could do, on that Tuesday morning, it's put out, Nigel Clough has signed a one-year extension or whatever, or Nigel Clough has left the club, we'd like to thank him. And then it kind of ends that, you know, ev- and then everyone can have a good moan about not getting it playoffs, can't believe we've had Nigel back. But by the time the season starts again, we're all massively behind the team and we're all ready to go again. I, I mean, agree. Yeah? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that, lads?
2: Well, I, I do think after, obviously, it, it might not be Tuesday. If they, if a miracle happens, obviously, they're not going to put a statement out while we're in the middle of the playoffs if we do get there, which is obviously a slim chance. But I do think, obviously, I agree with what you're saying. Obviously, once we know for definite whether we're in the playoffs, not in the playoffs or whatever, I think it, it only benefits everybody if a decision's made quicker. And like you say, if anything, it just then the fan base knows what's happening. Because like I say, you log on Facebook and you log on Twitter and that and anyone who's got a different opinion to anyone else, they're getting slaughtered for it and if they don't agree with the same as the other one. So I think ideally, once the season's done, then you you do want Nigel's situation resolved as quick as possible, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lucas, Jay, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I,
3: I don't even think Say we don't make the playoffs, it might not even be the Tuesday, it might be that night after the game. Um but I I, I stand by it. We've got to keep him, regardless if we are getting or not.
1: Yeah, I think I think the time is the problem is, and some of us will remember, some of us might not. Um but Manson would have this terrible track record of having good managers and doing good things. Sacking them, and then we appoint. I'm not going to say poor managers because I don't think they've been overly poor, apart from Coughlin. Coughlin was shit, but we have the we have this thing where we just bring in poor managers and just float on by for a season, and that's another season wasted. If you look at when I didn't like Flintcroft in the end, um, but when he went. We didn't really appoint well. It was Dempster. It didn't work out. Um, And for me, we need to try and end that cycle. So whether we do that by keeping Nigel for a year, then I'm I'm more than happy to do that and build. Um, So I think we've touched on the Nigel in, Nigel out scenario. And I'm sure there's people in this room that will either be massively for him and agree with it or massively against And welcome to comment if you don't want to come on then put a tweet underneath to say why you're in or out Uh, that's fair enough but let's let's move on to the well our biggest game of the season uh, Colchester Um, we've got to go for it Uh, whether Nigel will that's that's a different question but I would rather go out there and give it everything and lose 2-0 than sit back and try and play counter attacking football Uh, what are your thoughts on it Richard?
2: Like I said, you don't know how, well, you don't know who's going to be fit to start for, is, is the first point. Um, secondly, I think I, I can see everyone saying, you know, go out and, and attack from the off, but if we go all out in the first 10 minutes and end up one one or two nil down, and then we check with phones at half time and for the two nil down, we're going to think we should have maybe hung on until half time, and, you know, like we did against Harrogate, but without conceding the two first half goals, really. Um, you know, I don't know the, the four that came on half-time and they fit enough to start. If they're fit enough to start, then brilliant. You get them all in. And, you know, it, it arguably makes the team stronger. But I, I think it might be... I think he'll play it more of a reaction than, a, than a going out and attacking from kick Because while there is still a chance, he'll work to what's best of giving us that chance. If he thinks that hold in until you see what the Salford's doing because I mean if Salford score two or three early goals then it's regardless what we do anyway because it's it's not going to make a difference we need Salford to be a goal or two down and then he might start going for it I don't know but you know again we can't just expect to go to Colchester and win like we everyone expected us to beat Leighton Orient on Tuesday it's not going to work like that Colchester have arguably picked up since they've been made safe from relegation so You know, they're not just going to roll over and let us win so we stand a chance of making playoffs.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I'd I'd agree with every word of that. Um, As much as, like, I genuinely want us to go gun ho and that's probably just my desperation attempt, Richard's probably right, but the problem is our our defending isn't great, Um, and obviously we can't rely on that too much especially if we have got perch in that position again that isn't his natural position. Uh Lucas you've got your hand up mate.
3: Yeah, I mean we can't exactly I don't know. I know people say we've got to go for it but we won't really know until this Bradford game is full time later because if Bradford lose tonight, you know, it's only a three goal difference. They'd have to lose again. So that's only a two-goal difference, you know. It's we don't really know until after tonight what the plan should be on what we think is going to happen. So I, I don't really know what what he's going to do. I'd like to see is if if Bradford obviously don't lose tonight. I do want us to go for it. I've said it in the group chat. I'd start four strikers, um, but there's a lot riding on tonight's game, and that could swap and change a few things for Sat uh, not Saturday Monday.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and, and it's a good point. Um, you know, I think a lot rides on tonight's game. And I'm sure everyone in this room is hoping crew pull something out of the bag for us. Um, just to give us that little bit more glimmer of hope. Jay, what are your thoughts on, on uh, Monday's game?
4: Well, um, I think we just have to go all guns blazing, really. If we go 1-0 down, we just have to keep putting on the pressure. I think we have to play like we did at Swindon. We piled on the pressure, forced them to make mistakes and it paid off. I think we just, we have to go all out for it. No matter what the Salford score is, we just got to go for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us have said that as well. And, and you're right, we've kind of got to... You want to know the score elsewhere but you don't want to be sat on your phone all game like looking at that rather than not cheering the boys on. Um, H, what are your thoughts on
5: Monday's game?
1: Is H still there or is he gone? Or...
5: Hello, Yamia. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I think we've got to obviously be attacking but we've got to be wary of you know, because they've got a couple of decent attackers with that uh, Chilvers and uh, Matt Jay and what have you. So, yeah, but I think it's going to be something similar to how we played against Swindon.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I think Jay's spot on with that. The Swindon performance was fantastic, and if we can emulate that, um, even if even if we don't make the playoffs, but we have a Swindon game performance, you know, it's somewhat positive to take from last game at season. Uh, Adrian, what's your thoughts on Monday's game?
0: Uh, once again, I think I echo what everybody else has said already. Um, the Swinder performance, if we put something like that on, uh, would be fantastic. Um, but I think another key is, uh, I think a clean sheet will be crucial uh, in this game. And I think if we can sit on a clean sheet and and beat Colchester two three nil, I think that will be uh, the cherry on top if we make if we make the playoffs because I I. I I do see Gillingham conceding to Salford. And I think if we do keep a clean sheet against Colchester, I think the 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 goal difference may swing in our favour. So I think a good attacking performance and uh, maybe in the last, what, 10, 15 minutes, if we can hang on to a clean sheet, I think that will also be beneficial um, in the game against Colchester.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um so, with all that being said, what do you see the full-time score going? I'll start with Richard and then just work around.
2: Um, like I said, it, dep- it depends what team... I've just been looking through uh, Colchester's last few results. They've only lost They've only lost one of the last six. They've beat Sutton United, they've beat Salford and they've took point off uh, Stevenage as well. So, it's it's not going to be an easy game and you know, if if you were offered two nil now, you would or two or three nil, you you would obviously take it. But we always concede. We 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 can't keep a clean sheet, so I'll, I'll probably say two one more in hope than expectation. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, Adrian.
1: What's what's your thoughts, mate?
0: Yeah, yeah. I said I said that I'm optimistic of us getting a clean sheet, but like Rich said, we we can't keep a clean sheet for the life of us. Um, so if we if we do put a very good attacking display on, I think I see it being three-one. Uh, that's that's me probably being way too optimistic that we can score three. But yeah, I'll, I'll settle with three-one.
1: You know, H, what what's your thoughts on the score? Two-one. <sighs> 2-1. All right. <laughs> Lucas?
5: I'm
3: going to go for... Uh, I still think we'll do it. I'm going to go for 3-0. Jay? 3-1 um,
4: or
1: 4-2. Which
4: one? <laughs> <laughs> Just one of those. Four Take team. your pick. I'll go for two. Crew one up. Oh my god! Come on.
1: Getting crew. Oh my god. So yes. See, little bit of good news. Little, little bit of good news for those for those listeners
5: Get out in there.
4: there. In um. What?
5: Hey, yeah, that, I um, hat trick against uh, Salford too. Or was it hat trick a brace against Salford as well? It's that um a Jay guy.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, is that the one that's quite pacey as well? Yeah, he's the one with like 17 goals, I think it is now.
5: Yeah, decent. 15 goals. I'll take him next season to prefer.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. There are players um, out there that may not, you know, may not make the playoffs or maybe be knocked out in the playoffs that we we could look at. and And this... This I will say is probably a positive of not getting into the playoffs is a that the players will get a proper rest, which none of us wants to hear. To be honest, we all want to get in the playoffs and we all want to go to Wembley. All of us do because that's what we want. But if we don't, you're going to get your injured players who get a proper rest, um, and you've got time then to go out and make signings. Uh, Nigel said that we struggled to make signings. Due to the playoff final being at Wembley, because most of his targets were like done and dusted, which I'm a bit maybe maybe not. But if we don't get in the playoffs, he hasn't got that excuse next season, and then he's got time to knuckle down and bring people in. Going back to the Colchester game, I said three 0 against Harrogate, and that didn't happen, so I'm staying away from that. So I'm going to say two 0 and I'm going to say Will Swan gets a brace because. On Saturday, when Will Swan came on, and not just Will Swan, Ollie Clark, because I am a massive Ollie Clark fan, I thought, and Maris, I thought it genuinely the dynamics of the game changed. I don't think Oates is 100% fit. Um, and I think if he needs a rest, then Oates should be your second half weapon, so to speak. I think he has to start Swan on Monday.
5: Yeah, I mean,. Uh... Last season, I'll be honest, uh, I was a bit of a. I was one for slagging off Clark. Uh, but to be fair, this season, he's he's been, for me, one of the top three players this season. So it's. Uh, the way he's imposed himself compared to last season, I think, is just different gravy. Yeah, I, I,
1: think, I think he's just a cracking player and you know you look at that team once it's fit and you know it's it's really hard to look at who you drop who you bring in um again Davis he has been a fantastic signing Kilgore's been a fantastic signing Johnson looked a good signing until he got injured um and he's come back he's he's done well but he's not up to that full standard where he was when we first brought him in I don't think but I think he's probably, we've got better things from him to come. Um, but moving on. So, was it Monday? Lucas, it was Monday, the award tonight, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: So, obviously, you can tell my recollections of Monday. Um, H, you've got your hand up, mate.
5: Yeah, I just want to quickly say, uh, I saw people on Facebook uh, lagging off Keila Dunham, calling him bang average. He's been playing left wing for the past two games, and other than that, he's been our best player. I just don't get why people are jumping like, you know, you saw him against like crawling, whatever. I just don't get why people are slagging him off playing that position. It's even with Barry, people slag him off massively. He's a striker who's never had, you know, training or thing uh, or anything there in that position, and he's. Obviously, he's not a star there, but he's doing his job. He's doing what's asked to him. He can't ask much more for him. And it pisses me off when people, like, slag players up out of position.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you're right there, H. Um, you've made a really good valid point. When players get played out of position, they're not going to be naturally fantastic. Um Uh, Lucas Akins was the first victim of this being played out of position in three different positions and got slated every game. Uh, Now, we're seeing the best of Lucas Akins in his natural position. Um, But yeah, um, I agree. I think sometimes desperation means you chop and change. It doesn't mean you're a bad player. I openly admit much to uh, Richard's amusement. I wasn't a Boatang player fan. I didn't see it. I just thought he was genuinely bang average. I'm over the moon to be proven wrong because that's all you want from your players, obviously. And and it goes back again to Clough. Hartigan was actual quality until his injury. He was really starting to boss his position and perform really well. Um, and then again, injury struck. And this has been the tale of our season again and again with his injuries players are getting comfortable, knowing where to play, and then, bang, another injury. Um, Jay, you've got your hand up.
4: Going on with what H said, I think it's just that people expect a 10 out of 10 game. We're winning 5-0 every game. People just don't see that players don't play in the natural position, and if they don't, they're not as good, so people assume that they're shit. And... People won't clough
5: out, yeah. And I don't uh, see why people like expect players to be consistently good every single game. I mean, except for Hewitt. Name me a player that like that that's played for us recently in the past few years that has been like consistent, basically every match. Because in League Two, you don't get that. That's why they're playing in League Two. If they were, if they're consistently good every single game, they'd be playing Championship, League One. Minimum. Yeah, and
1: and that's yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Richard, what's your thoughts on it?
2: Well, I think I, I said it a week ago when um when we're on about Boateng and that, and you know, you you go through a stage in the season where, whether your team's doing good or or bad, they always seem to need to pick on someone. Like you said before, Aikens has had it. I think obviously, Pin went through his stage of it. Boateng went through his stage of it. Um they just seem to move about and like you said, especially with Mansfield over the last few weeks, players are playing out of position. They're playing ninety minutes Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, because we either haven't got enough on the bench or he's reluctant to play whoever's on the bench. So it's the same players playing week in, week out, and I think uh I think that was sort of why he had the reaction he did at Newport when um when we won and he came over and he, he was like putting all the players because it, you know the same players have pretty much played for the last two or three months without a break so you know for to be jumping on them and, and slagging them off and what have you just it's not something I would do put it that way
1: Yeah and I think I think this is a thing and like you say on Facebook at the minute it is it is quite a toxic place at the minute and you know I think I think people forget that The season isn't over yet. Um, And I'm sure there are people out there with Colchester tickets that are desperately trying to get rid of them. Um, I've seen on Facebook there is quite a couple of posts of people trying to sell their tickets. Um, You you know, realistically, it doesn't matter whether Mansfield are in the playoffs, mid-table or what. You've brought a ticket to go and follow your team. It shouldn't matter where they are in the league. You should just go. Even even if you like, yeah, great, you know the season's done and all the rest of it. You just go and get behind your team. Um, but I, I don't know if any of you have seen the posts on Facebook of people trying to sell tickets. What what are your thoughts on it?
2: Well, I went into um, Sandy's after game last week, and there were people wandering around seeing if they wanted their space on the bus because they weren't going anymore. And you know, each to their own. If you if you don't want to go anymore, you don't want to go. But I can guarantee the same people. We'll be putting on social media in a couple of weeks or oh, what what do you do without football? I'm lost at a weekend Well, you know it's the last potentially the last game of the season you know well we've got you know we have got something to play for, but even if you haven't you know get you in there enjoy it, have a few beers, have a laugh and enjoy the last game of the season because over the next few months everyone's going to be bored shitless on a Saturday afternoon
1: yeah definitely you you're right, mate, and it it's going to drag for us. Um, Lucas, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Lucas is probably too busy watching the Bradford
2: Crew game. Lucas is knocking one out of a crew crewman, one that's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, or or he's knocking one out over something else, which,
2: <laughs> which which is a timely moving on to
1: the awards night. So, um, Monday night, Mansfield Town hosted their uh, awards night. Um, some people, uh, a lot of people, weren't happy with the cost of it. Um, I I think it was too much for the average fan. Luckily, the SSA did offer Amber members it at fifty pounds, and they would sub the other fifty, which makes it better. So I went. It cost fifty, and I um, I quite in a, I quite enjoy it. Um, the food the food was quite nice. Um, and, do you know what, genuinely, it's available on iFollow and on YouTube uh, if you subscribe or go on YouTube and have a lot. The, the one thing that did resonate with me was John Radford's speech. He is very much behind Nigel and the players, or seems to be. Um, he gave a really rousing speech um, to which a lot of people applauded and agreed with and you can tell that he cares genuinely about the club and I will say uh, towards the end of the night when they were talking that they plan to be over more come September so that they can re. their words were, I can't remember if it were Carolyn or John said they want to reintegrate with the fans, with the people. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to have, it'd be nice to have them there more. Um, so they can see but but not only that it's if you've got questions you can see them and ask them and just just things like as a manager it's it's nice to see them there i guess whereas if it continues on the current trend i'm guessing every time you'd see them you'd be like have they come over to sack me i'm in for the you know poor performance warning all things like that so um at this point, I'm going to bring in Adrian to tell you how he found the awards night. So, Adrian, what did you think of the awards night?
0: Yeah, it was a very good evening. Uh, I enjoyed myself, I think, similar to similar to, you, to yourself and, and Lucas. Um, I think it was a very good very good evening uh, all round. Obviously, uh, we spoke about Radford's are going to be trying to, to come over here from September to reintegrate with a fan base, uh, reignite obviously old relationships etc uh, and be here more on a day-to-day basis so I think it was a good evening all round uh, the price was was a bit extortionate can't lie uh, I think I think some some league one clubs were, were offering even even half the price that um, was offered for us I think it was about was about 90 pounds 100 pounds for the normal price with with the etc um, but all in all, I think it was a good evening. Uh, the awards handed out to Elliot Hewitt. Obviously, he won all of pretty much all of them, apart from like goal of the season, which Charlie Clark won for that fantastic volley against Doncaster Rovers, and uh, Stephen Quinn won um, co-chair player of the season, which he was very surprised about, but I, I think it's I think it's deserved. He's been he's been great this season when he's been on the pitch. So yeah, all in all, uh, a very good evening um, of of entertainment, and yeah, I think. If, if, we, if we were to do it, which we will next season, I think the price should be lowered for, for the average fan. I don't think it should be around the 90-pound mark. I think it should be lowered to a little bit less because then, then the engagement will be a lot more. But, yeah, I think it was a great evening on Monday night and I think everybody enjoyed themselves it, so it thoroughly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think the price next season should be lowered. Um But a couple of bits from me, um, obviously apart from the price lowering, I think that next season when we do this, the whole um, Stag's female squad, so the Mansfield Town ladies, um, all of them should be invited to it, not just the winner of the uh, Ladies Best Player Award, because I think it creates unity between the first team and the ladies team. Um, And if we are going to push Mansfield Town ladies, then the first team need to be around them as well, so that they can push them as well. Uh, Lucas, I will bring you back in, mate, because you've got some big news from the award tonight, haven't you? Which bit? Well, do you want to tell everyone why you're still still in the uh, marquee, even though it got took down three days ago? That'd be a good start. Well,
3: I, I decided I was going to go and talk to Nigel and... Um... I don't know who he was talking to, but he was rambling on for absolutely ages. And um, we figured out that I'd stood there for 13 minutes before he'd actually acknowledged me.
1: 13 minutes. And to be fair, it was quite funny. He He was literally stood there for a solid 13 minutes waiting to talk to him while myself and Adrian and Riley Harbottle sat there with a stopwatch on his phone. Laughing. To which point I don't even think how long did your conversation last with Nigel?
3: Hold on a minute, before we talk about that, you were taking the mick out of me with Riley Harbottle as well.
1: Oh yeah, Riley Harbottle was there, mate. What one wow. you
0: Yeah, we enjoyed it. We well, Riley came over to us and was kind of kind of asked us, What are you doing? And we we just pointed you out and said that we we we've got a stopwatch on you for for how long it, it will take you to, to talk to Nigel. So yeah, 13 minutes, mate, and the, the conversation probably lasted about 20 seconds.
1: So, um, are you ready to say what you uh, you asked Nigel, Lucas? The, After the, waiting 13 minutes, you asked him.
3: Covered. So, uh, I, I said to him, I was like, because I, I, I do back him, I, as I've said all night. So, I said to him, I says you need to sign that contract, because um, you're the man to get us out of this league. And... The response I got to him was that there's got to be a contract there for him to sign, for him to be able to sign it.
1: Yeah, so that's Lucas's big breaking news that he waited 13 minutes to have. Um, and and then what did you say to him after that?
3: What when he asked me for a picture? Yeah, he says, "Do you want a picture?" I was like, "No." <laughs> I genuinely, so, I, was, I was not bothered about having a picture with him at all.
1: So you waited 13 minutes, asked a 20-second question and failed to get a picture. Yeah. Richard, what are your thoughts on this breaking news?
2: Well, he probably... He probably knew it was Lucas that was stood waiting to talk to him, hence why he tried ignoring him for 13 minutes <laughs> to see if he'd just go away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, damn So... Uh, Apart from that, there wasn't really any big breaking news. Um, we, we did try and sign Will Swan for next season, didn't we, lads?
3: <gasps> no, I've got a problem with you. What? What now? You did not do a certain thing regarding Will Swan at the start of this space tonight. Yeah, that
0: is very
1: true. Uh, wow. Can I just point out, I was leaving the big reveal to the end and now you've just completely ruined it know that nobody's got yeah. any idea well now because we're on the world swan subject i was about to bring it up but now well, you've kind of you've shot the boat again haven't you
3: well it should have been done at the start
1: so so we we shall we tell the story of what we what we wanted to do so oh, Adrian and Lucas um, had the honour of taking over the first ever Amber and Blue Player of the Season award and presenting it to Elliot Hewitt. Um, did you manage to get a chance to uh, talk to Elliot as I was at the bar getting a drink? Yep. Yeah, we did.
3: We had a good chat, didn't
0: we? Yeah, it was, it was a decent chat. But Well, we kind of we came over to, to him a little bit. I think me and Lucas were a little bit nervous, uh, I think personally speaking, uh, and, and Elliot kind of, as soon as Lucas started talking, I think Elliot just kind of looked at him, and, and he was like, what the hell is this kid on about?
3: Yeah, he, um, he just looked at us like, what on earth?
0: But I mean, we, we gave him the award, we had a good conversation with him, and we obviously said that um, all we needed to say, and obviously we hope a speedy recovery for him, and etc. So we 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 talked to him for a little while, but yeah to begin with it was it was it was very nervous it was like what the hell is, are they on about but I mean yeah we had a conversation with a hand a trophy over and, and and that was that and we moved on <laughs> look at look
1: at all the fun you've missed Richard
2: oh no wounded
1: so it, it, you get ready to the best bit now so I gave Lucas a job mainly because um, I just thought it'd be a good experience for him. Lucas, what was the job I gave you?
3: Well, I I was given the massive responsibility of going to ask Will Swan if he'll record the new intro for Amber and Blue with me.
1: And the next thing you know, I'm being called outside because Lucas has approached Will Swan with a phone in his hand and I don't know what happened, but they were... Worried that Lucas were trying to get him on like a recording to say that he'd signed for next season. That's right, isn't it, Lucas? That's not what I'd said, though. I don't, you didn't, I came outside and said to you, what did you say? And he's like, well, um, uh, we don't know. He just walked up with his phone in his hand on record. (laughs) No,
3: I said to him, I was like, I was trying to explain it. I didn't want him just talking into the phone saying, like, I was trying to give him some background on it, but I just don't think he processed it.
1: So, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I do have a new intro. Um, I'm about to play it for you for the first time now. I didn't want to play it at the start of the show because I wanted to tell you about Lucas and uh, how it all transpired out and how he got a simple job wrong yet again. But this, ladies and gentlemen, will be your intro to amber and blue when i can find it one moment uh, duh, 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 duh. right so i'm hoping this plays through and works when i can find it uh, i've got too much on my phone Ah, here we go right so richard let me know, let me know if this works are you ready three two one
4: Did that come through? Sounds no. awesome. It, no. it, 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 Incredible it. intro, that, Russ. That's cracking. fantastic!
1: Oh, cracking. no. Did it not come through? No. no. Oh, no. Right. This, is,
3: this is where we find out we didn't record it, and we just got him to say <laughs> it. <laughs> so, it
1: could you not hear anything I was saying? Well, no. we got the
2: cart down, and then that was it. No.
1: Oh, for God's sake. Right. One moment. One moment. Um, so... just muting him when he plays it. Genuinely, I was hundred percent confident that played then. So um, no. Yeah. Uh, so we have got we have got a new intro. Um it's just figuring out how to get it on here. Obviously technology's working well. Can you I not think it it
3: to, can you not send it to Edward and get Edward to play it from his phone?
1: Believe it or not, that's what I've just done. So my little assistant here has been helpful for a change. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your new intro to Amber and Blue. If it works. Can you press it? Yeah, uh, I'll press it. What? Yeah. This is Will Swan, and you're listening to the Amber and
3: Blue.
4: Did that come through? Yeah. Yay! All, all the drama and suspense for two seconds of that.
1: Mate, there's Jay, always I, one there? there's Jay, always one into... Jay I'll let you into a little secret mate at some point in your life when you get older some woman is going to say that to you and you take it on the kid and move
4: on there is no need for that that's what, what I'm called for
1: <laughs> it's true what a so, letdown. Yeah. So that was my big reveal um, obviously it, everyone else must have loved it bar Jay so I'm I'm gonna play it uh, several different times through next week's recording. Probably every time Jay speaks.
4: <laughs>
1: so we we'll know it word for word by the end of the season. So it's, I'm gonna draw it to a close now on that big bombshell. I've got two more things left to do now, um, which is Richard. Who is your player to watch this week?
2: Anybody that can stick balling back at fucking net, really. I think of the same thing. <laughs> I, I want to watch them all. I want to watch them all score three. And as long as we win the win game, I don't, I don't know. Anyone that... The back four needs to be solid for a start because the last thing we need to do is go a goal down early on. Get through the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes without conceding. And then, you know, like you say, if Swan starts, he looked sharp when he came on on Saturday night. Hopefully he can get a goal or two. The fact that we've had just over a week's rest, hopefully the likes of Oates and that that and Aikens that even looked a bit fatigued have had a full week to, to rest up and hundred percent. But yeah, if, if Swan's if if Swan starts and he's he's like fit enough to start, then I think he's gonna be the one that is is gonna get us the goals.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know it's your segment, Richard, but Lucas has got his hand up because obviously he wants to be one of the last people to speak. So, uh, Lucas, <laughs> give me something positive. Is it 2-0, um,
3: No, I was actually going to give you some bad news. I'm. Um, what? My, my eye follow things running behind, so I'm watching it like on the pitch thing on Skybet or whatever, and it went suspended and Bradford were attacking, but I don't think they've scored. Right, cheers, so, Jeff.
2: They, they
3: have not yeah. scored, Lucas. That's all right, but, then. Put
2: your hand to tell us that Bradford haven't scored. That crew haven't scored.
5: Okay. Yeah. Bradford. That, it, right. Right. that was it.
2: Right, Russ, carry on. Just ignore him next time. Incredible right, news. It, Lucas. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you,
5: Jeff. Um, and
1: speaking of Jeff, obviously... Uh, League 2 related, he's probably going to buy Hartley Call at some point. I bet it I bet it happens now. Uh, anyway, back to the uh, topic. Edward, it's time for your uh, Player of the Week. Who's your Player of the Week, mate? Will
2: Swan.
1: There you go. Just for you, Jay. That was just for you. So, our Player of the Week is Will Swan. Our one to watch this week is... Any fucker that I put it in the back of the net or will... Abdullah. Or, or Abdullah to be... Well, no, he's, he, is he in Benidorm or somewhere like that? He's away with the academy, isn't he? Tenerife.
2: Tenerife.
5: He's in Tenerife. Yeah. That, yeah. Just,
2: just, when you, just when you're on about the awards now, for anyone that hasn't seen it, they've put the the, the the highlights bits bits of it on YouTube and what have you. And just when you were saying before, I didn't realise that only the women's... Um, the one who won the award was the only one who had been invited. Um... But in terms of making it feel like one club, and like I say, if they want to get the the, um, the women's team more involved and promote that, and you know, getting people down to the RH to watch the academy on a on a Saturday morning or whatever, you know, both both academy. I know some of the academies are away in Benidorm or whatever. We you know like the youth team players and the women's team should all have been there, and it would have also helped if the bloke announcing it had a bit more respect. I mean, the, the woman got up and said, and he asked her, "Who was your favourite opponent or something? And he was like, "Not that it'll mean that much to anyone in this room." And then he starts telling everyone about Abdullah, and he's got his stats completely wrong. So you would think, just you know, have a bit of decency to know what you're talking about and read the room a bit. But maybe that's just me being a bit of a moaning old twat. I don't know. But
1: no, I think I think you weren't completely right. It, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't the best handled award, and I think we've got we've got areas to them work on there. Because at the end of the day, if we've got a ladies team, and we, we touched on this earlier, if we've got a ladies team, then then we need to be pushing up. Um, there's a lot of hands going up at the moment. No, so two 0 no crew. Two nil
4: crew. Yeah, two no
1: crew. get in, boys. Get in. So there. So. Let's send it on that. Let's send it on. If no. you've got a Colchester ticket for Monday, turn up, cheer the boys on, get behind them, and and let's hear it. Let let's hear it for the Stags. It, we might we might not end up in the playoffs, and we might end up just missing out because of other things. But let's get behind them and let's cheer and big up the fucking Stags. Come on, boys! Sorry for the late right, entry. I'll leave it on
5: that. Sorry for the late entry. Um... I uh, love crew Alexandra. What a fucking team.
1: <laughs> what a I what a fucking the team. On
5: that. They even so, left the
1: last minute. So that's it everyone. There's your positivity. I'm gonna leave it like that. Crew are tuning up. Life's going good. Let's just go and win on Monday. And if you have got a ticket, don't be a Facebook wanker and try and flog it. Just go and get behind the boys. Right the bat,
2: Until next week I've just thought this you. has
1: been
5: Oh, Harry, what was that, mean? I've just sold 10 to Barbara from uh, Texas.
1: <laughs> oh, big Barbara. Big Barbara will be selling them then. There'll be, be lots in her DMs later. So, uh, from me and from my co-host, Richard. Good night. Good night. And we'll see you next week. Take
2: care now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Come on.